Now imagine what life would be like for you if you were able to master your mind for 2023. I wonder what would be different for you. In this episode, you will learn why values and gratitude are essential starting points for self-mastery and controversially, why pain is a pathway to success. Today, I have with me teacher and best-selling author of many books, including The Breakthrough Process, The Gratitude Effect, and Ultimate Wealth Mastery. I have with me the legend that is Dr. John Demartini, who will be sharing with me the secrets of mastering your mind so you can transform your life. You are listening to the Mindset Change Podcast, and I'm your mindset coach, Paul Shepard, who's on a mission to help you heal your mind and body from the inside out so you can stop struggling and start living. If you're new to the show, welcome. If you're interested in mastering your mind for mindset change, then hit that plus button on your app to follow and subscribe so you can keep progressing. It really makes a difference to the show because it helps it grow. And more importantly, you won't miss another episode. Now I'm taking on a small number of clients for one-to-one coaching for 2023. If you are interested, please do reach out via the show notes. And also quite excitingly, I am starting my group coaching next month. So if you are also interested in being with a community of people who are interested in healing anxiety, creating mindset change, then please reach out via the show notes. I'll be happy to give you the details when they're ready. And I'm very honored to welcome Dr. D. Martini. Well, thank you for having me. I was looking forward to this tonight. Yeah, I, do you know, it's as I was, I was talking to you earlier, but your 2007 book, um, well, that's when I read it anyway, was uh, The Breakthrough, Breakthrough Experience. I credit that for creating a huge mindset shift for me leading to, to where I am today. Uh, so I just wanted to say thank you for that. Thank you for that. If anyone's not read it, it's a, a key starting point for mindset for me anyway. Well, thank you. I, you know, I, I, don't, I had no idea, so hearing that is inspiring. So thank you for inspiring me. So that that's great to hear. Yeah, I'm glad. You never know when you write a book, you never know who's that's why. Well, I never knew that it would lead to me one day having a conversation with you. And, um, you know, I was thinking about what would be really helpful for our listeners today uh, to get from our conversation. And I think a lot of people at the moment may feel that they're struggling. It's got to the end of the year. They may be tired. The world seems in a strange place to some people. What do you think would really help someone start 2023 in a way that they would mean to go forward? That would really help them. Um, Every human being has a set of priorities, a set of values that they live their life by. And that set of values, hierarchy of values, is fingerprint specific, retinal pattern specific, Mm. snowflake specific. On that hierarchy of values, whatever's at the top, whatever's highest on the value list, they're spontaneously inspired from within to act on. And they don't procrastinate. They don't hesitate. They don't frustrate. They're very disciplined, reliable, and focused on achieving it. My highest value is teaching. I do it every day. Mm. I don't need to be reminded or motivated to do it. I've been doing it 50 years. So identifying what's really highest on individual values is, I think, a very important place to start. 
because anything lower on the value list requires extrinsic drive and motivation to keep you active. So if you're doing anything that's lower on your values, you devalue yourself. And if you're to do things that are high on your values, you value yourself. So anytime you're doing lower priority things, you're going to distract yourself. You're going to weigh yourself down. You're going to need motivation on the outside to keep you focused on it. Mm. You're not likely to stay focused on it and keep going. And that puts a brake on without a gas pedal. It just puts resistance in you. So identifying what you value most, and I can offer on my website, drdmartini.com, there's a complimentary, free, private value determination process. If they will just take 30 minutes of their time to go through that, it's private. Nobody's going to see it. Nobody's going to know about it. But it's for them. And answer the questions that are on there. It's 13 questions, really honestly. And take a look at what it summarizes of what's really priority. And then start giving yourself permission to live by priority. If you don't fill your day with high priority actions that inspire you, it's going to fill up with low priority distractions that don't. Mm -hmm. And if you don't do pursue challenges that inspire you, your day is going to fill up with challenges that don't. So the first thing to start off in 2023 is get really clear about what you're valuing. And don't waste your time on goals that aren't matching that. Because anytime you set a goal that's not really important to you, you self-defeat pursuing it because you don't stay focused on it. It's like a New Year's resolution. Because you overate the last month and you overspent, you immediately think, well, I'm now going to save money and I'm going to eat less and lose weight for the next for the year. And then two weeks after that, you've you've already started losing weight. You also already got your money back in gear and it, it peters out. Don't waste your time on a goal that's not deeply meaningful. So that's the first step. Mm. And the second step is learn to delegate anything that you require motivation to do. I only teach, research, and write. I don't do anything else. I haven't cooked since I was 24. I haven't driven a car for 32 years, 33 almost. <laughs> Anything that I require motivation to do, reminding to do, I find somebody who's a specialist to delegate it to and get on to doing what is most important, most productive, serves the most people, produces the most income and stick to what I love doing. My one thing that makes me what I'm great at. If an individual does that, they're going to excel and they're going to have more drive and more energy and their self-worth is going to go up. And anytime you do that, but the blood glucose and oxygen goes into the forebrain and activates the executive center. So you have more self-governance, more self-mastery, more objectivity, more resilience, and your space and time horizons grow and you give yourself permission to do bigger goals. And you're willing to embrace pain and pleasure in the pursuit of them. You're not going to give up if it's difficult because you're going to see them too important to even stop. But if you set a goal that's low on your values, it's not really important to you, but you think it should be or supposed to be or got to be by some outside authority, you're going to beat yourself up. You're going to be trying to be something you're not. You're going to be inauthentic and you're going to create all the signs and symptoms that you're designed to create when you're not authentic. We're designed to have difficult times. 
when we're not being authentic, to get us back to being authentic. So don't waste your time on anything that's not truly meaningful and prioritize your daily life. Ask yourself, what are the highest priority actions I can do today to serve the greatest number of people in the most efficient manner? Oh, I love that. So I'm just going to just go back to a point you just made, which I think is quite important for someone to maybe reflect on, is the idea that we're that we face pain almost as a signpost to align, to get aligned and reconnect with ourselves. Could you talk a little bit more about that? If someone's going through a really tough time at the moment and it feels painful, how can they get back to being aligned? Is it their values or is there something else that would help them, you know, find their way from that pain? Well, anytime, anytime they're living by their highest values, they're more objective mm. and objectivity means more neutral and they're more likely to see both the up and the downsides to thing. And as Anaxagoras said, 2,500, 600 years ago, that pain and pleasure are simply lopsided perceptions. Mm. I can I can have something be painful and I can stack up the bed. Let me give you an example. If I told you I'm going to take your thumb and I'm going to hit it with a hammer, you're going to say, why in the hell would you do that? And I said, well, I just want to hit your thumb. I, I just, I, I like doing that. No way. You'd say, thank you, but no, thank you. I'm not going to let you hit my thumb. Oh, well, what I was going to do is I was going to give you a billion dollars cash and give you your own private airline, <laughs> air, air, air system, and a, a surgeon to repair your thumb so within a week you wouldn't even notice it was smashed. But you'll have a billion dollars cash. And everybody goes, where can I put my thumb? <laughs> <laughs> Slam away, buddy. <laughs> so if I associate, if I associate more advantages and disadvantages for having my slammed thumb. I won't be in pain over it. I'll be going, woo, I can't believe it. A minor little pain for a billion dollar return. So if I stack up the advantages out of my so-called pain and reassociate in my brain neural pathways that is not, you know, pain pathways into the thalamus, but is nucleus accumbens pathways in the front a frontal part of the amygdala, I can take a pain and make it a pleasure. You know, as William James had said, the greatest discovery of my generation is that human beings can alter their lives by altering their perceptions and attitudes of mind. We have control over our perceptions and whatever happens, we can sit there and be a victim of history. We can become a master of our destiny. If we see it as something painful and we gripe about it and dramatize on it and dwell on it, we're not going to do anything mm -hmm. except stay stuck in a vicious cycle. But if we go in there and go, how is this helping me fulfill my mission? How is it giving me insights? How is it strengthening me? How is it giving me contacts with people? How is it helping me spiritually? And ask questions and hold yourself accountable and answer that. It doesn't run you anymore. You're now fueled by an opportunity to see whatever happens is on the way, not in the way. And it turns into something that's not painful. And this is what Anaxagoras said, mm. that you can take a pain and make a pleasure out of it. And Milton, John Milton said the same thing. I can, I can make a heaven out of a hell or a hell out of a heaven. I mean, I've seen a woman be all cuddly up to a guy and be Gucci, Gucci, smoochy, mm -hmm. smoochy, and really friendly. And, and then I can see all of a sudden a text message comes through from another woman and she grabs her the phone and she goes, 
oh, you're having an affair and jumps to the conclusion he's having an affair. And he might be. I've seen her turn it into pain and, and anger and grouchiness and jealousy and everything else within one hundredth of a second. So that's how powerful our perceptions are. The ratio of our perceptions determine the ratio of the transmitters in our brain and determine whether we have pleasure or pain. And we have control over our perceptions. We can just sit and blame the world out on the outside with false attribution biases, or we can take command of our perception and skew it differently. I've been teaching a breakthrough experience program, which is what the book was originally about for years, 35 years almost. And I've taken people that have had traumas and found an upside. And I've had things that they think are fantastic and they're all elated and all excited. And I've shown them the downsides. And I've trained them on how to see both sides of an event so that things on the outside don't run them. Because anything you infatuate with is going to occupy space and time your mind is going to run you. And anything you resent is going to occupy space and time and run you. And those are the pleasures and pains when you're imbalanced. If I balance those out and I have balanced objectivity and resiliency, I don't feel the loss of the thing I infatuate. I don't feel the gain of the thing I resent. I'm now governed. And I'm now not run by the external world. I'm, I'm trained to master from within. And so don't let outside circumstances interfere with your mission. Ask how is whatever's happening to me today helping me get my mission, hmm. helping me get clear about how I'm going to achieve what I want to achieve. And then tell me, how can anything be in the way if you can answer that question? And I've had amazing things. I had a guy that was hijacked on the, on the highway with machine guns at his at his head and taken and covered in a thing in his head and stuck in the back of a of a car and then taken five and a half hours in the middle of nowhere and then told him that we had a very large sum of money that he had to come up with or they're going to kill his family. What? And he was under post-traumatic stress disorder and he had to pay millions of dollars to get out of that situation. And he still was in anxiety. I asked him, how did it help him? And he goes, it didn't. I said, so how did it help him? How's it helping you in your career? He says, I can't see it. I said, how's it helping you in your career? And then all of a sudden I said, you're running your story. Stop the story and answer the question. How's it helping your career? And he goes, wow. During the time I was in that thing for five and a half weeks, my company rose to the occasion. And I had been trying to push them uphill to try to get them to take accountabilities. But when I was gone, they did it. And in fact, the five weeks I was gone, the company made more money than I normally make. Wow. <laughs> and so now when I got back, I got closer to my wife. I'm now closer to my family. The company is running. I'm not in the way. I'm not micromanaging. They're more accountable. I'm making more money. And I'm being with my family. And I realized when I was there in the back of a truck trunk, I realized that the people that were in my mind were my kids and my wife. And I said, I said, so what was the benefit that came out of here? I got to realize my priorities and I got to love my wife. I was taking her for granted. I was putting her aside. She was second to my business and I was addicted to my business and I was in my way and I was telling people, you know, you got to do it this way and everything else. I was interfering with them. The second I got put away and I couldn't do that, the people rose to the occasion. 
And now I'm grateful for my staff. I'm grateful for my family. I said, so what's another benefit? I says, I was walking around with hypertension. I'm not even 40 years old. I got hypertension for the anxieties of my business. My blood pressure is back to normal and below normal now. I started eating different. My wife's influence has now infect, affected me on natural foods. I'm doing yoga classes. Mm -hmm. I'm now meditating. I'm going on walking retreats. And now I'm envisioning the company and sharing my ideas with the people who are running the company and being a visionary. I said, are you now starting to see the blessings of this? He goes, I almost want to thank the friggin' people. <laughs> I could have paid thousands of dollars for consulting. and I couldn't have got that result. It took that drastic a thing to get my attention. I said, everything that's going on in your life, physiologically, psychologically, sociologically, in business, is a feedback mechanism to try to get you authentic. And if you're resisting being authentic by trying to put on a facade of pride or minimizing yourself to somebody and injecting other people's values and trying to live in other people's values instead of being authentic, you're going to create symptoms in your life that try to get you back on track. And they're not mistakes. And he says, I can't believe I'm actually feeling gratitude for this, these people. And I said, I said, you got your wife back. You got your life back. You got a business that's booming. He said, I made more money than the ransom while I was in what they asked for was insignificant compared to what my business is now doing. Wow. No, I love that. That's a very, that's very powerful. So he business. chose to yeah. see, he, he, he had been carrying that post-traumatic stress freaking label from a psychotherapist that stuck it on him for months. In two hours, he was grateful. And I got a beautiful letter from his family and said, nobody ever asked him those questions. Never, nobody ever asked him, how is it on the way, not in the way? Mm. And how is it a blessing? And how did it help him in all areas of his life? The quality of your life is based on the quality of the questions you ask. If you ask amazing questions, you end up with an amazing life. An amazing question is one that helps you see that no matter what's happening, it's helping you get what, you, what your dream is. Do you think that, that, that asking questions is the way, because often we can see the world through a distorted lens from our past traumas that can create a distortion in how we experience reality. And do you think it's questions, good questions that can help break that trauma so you can begin to see the world through fresh eyes? Yep, absolutely. Trauma is nothing. There is no trauma out there. I know that, that sounds bizarre because I've mm -hmm. worked with every imaginable trauma from rape cases to beatings to stabbings to shootings. I've, I've worked with them all. There is no trauma except in somebody who chooses to see only the downside of the event. I think that I'm, same event's yeah. got an upside and you may never have asked it. Let me, let me share another story if it's okay. Yeah, sure. So I had a guy that came to my breakthrough experience that was about 45 years old, 46 maybe. His net worth was $750 million. At least it was a few weeks earlier. All of a sudden, his partner in a hedge fund that had been doing some things that he didn't believe in, agree to, and thought was a little bit illegal, saw that he was getting close to being investigated by the FBI and the SEC in America. So he gathered all the funds from everybody 
and split to a non-extradition country. Just friggin' disappeared. And I believe it was through a submarine he hired him. What? <laughs> now, what's interesting is this guy took off and he had the signature on his buddy's account without the guy knowing it and cleaned his buddy out of $750 million. So one morning, he's got $750 million. The following day, he goes to Starbucks to get the coffee and gives the credit card and says, well, sorry, your card's not working. And it says, this is American Express Centurion. I can spend a million dollars on it. What do you mean it's not working? He said, sir, it's, it's, it says it's not working. So he gets on the phone and immediately gets on the banking services of American Express and calls American Express. What the hell's down? He said, your account's been cleaned. Well, I don't know if you can imagine what that's like, but that's mm. that's got to feel a bit of a challenge if you're used to 750 million and all of a sudden you go to zero. Slightly. That's got to be a challenge. <laughs> yeah. That's got to be stressful. So he he was irate, in shock, bitter to the core, want to kill his buddy, but his buddy was gone with all of their clients' money. He cleaned it all. Billions. Billions disappeared. He, he this guy was seven hundred fifty million, but all the clients was a huge sum of money. He figured he's on the run and he's just going to get out. And I don't know what he's going to do. He's, he figured out what he was going to do. So this guy comes to my breakthrough experience, and I asked him on Sunday, "Is there anybody here that's grieving the loss of anything or highly distressed by anything?" And he goes, he puts his hand up. He says, "I've got one." And he shares the group and everybody in the group goes, whoa, that would be trying. And he was in the room with a new woman that he was just dating. And so I put him up in front of the room and I said, all right, you lost $750 million. At least that's what you think. Now let's identify what you gained. He says, what do you mean what I gained? I said, what did you gain from this? An empty bank account? No. I'm. What did you gain? What, let's put the dollar value on what you gain. I can't see any gain. I said, well, then you're going to be turmoiled and angry and stressed as long as you have that perspective. And you're going to feel traumatized and you're going to feel victimized and you're going to play victim. Or you can answer my questions because I guarantee it's going to change your life if you do. Well, what, am I, what kind of benefits can there be? I, I don't know. What are the benefits you received? Look hard. And all of a sudden he looked and he goes, I did get a benefit. Mm -hmm. I said, what's that? I've been wanting to divorce my wife for 15 years. But in order to do that, I'd have to give her $380 million. And I did not feel she deserved that. I felt I made that money, but she didn't do it. And that's not fair to me. I said, well, you know, you signed the contract on the marriage. You know that that's how it works. I know, but it just, I couldn't divorce her. I just tolerated this crazy lady, but she was a gold digger and she got me. When I had no money, she left. She divorced me. Wow. Okay. I said, so one of the benefits is what? He says, I got a benefit out of getting out of a marriage I didn't want to be in and I didn't have to pay her a penny. And you have no idea that's a big gift. I said, how much is that gift worth? $385 million. I said, put that on the other side of the ledger. You got out of a marriage that you don't want to be in. 
I said, what's the next benefit? He said, I like where you're going with this. What's the next benefit? The same thing in this other guy he says, I've been taking amphetamines, sometimes doing coke, staying up at strange hours with international markets, taking unbelievable risks with other people's money and having a heart attack almost sometimes and having high stress situations, which is burdening my health. And now I got my health back. I'm eating better. I've lost weight. I'm not having heart palpitations. I said, put a dollar value on that. What's the, what's the value of your health? He said, I couldn't even tell you that. I put a dollar value on it. 200 million. I said, put it on there. Put it on the other side of the sheet. We're up to, you know, 550 million or so, 560 something million now. What else? What else did you get? And she, he said, I got this beautiful girl in my life. And she doesn't even care that I don't have any money. I never had that in my life. I said, look, you're not, don't be dumb. She sees potential in you. She knows mm -hmm. you made it before you can make it again. <laughs> don't think that. And she, the lady winked at me and she said, that's right. I believe in your potential. <laughs> and he goes, oh, I didn't want to hear that. And I said, but don't live in a fantasy. But you did get mm -hmm. somebody that's willing to work with you and loves you. And you can always put a prenup if you'd rather to do it so you're not resenting the, the lady again. I said, so how much is that worth, that lady's worth? And she said, yeah, how much am I worth? Oh, okay. <laughs> and he was caught in a hard place. He said, 50 million. He says, she says, I'll, I'll go with that one. That's, that's sufficient. If you ever get your money back up again, I'll, 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 I won't take half of it if you get it up to eight, 800 million. I'll, I'll only take 50 and be grateful. <laughs> He said, that's a woman of my liking. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, what's another benefit? And he said, what I've learned out of this whole thing, legal issues and the financial issues and how it all works and, and the security system and has been priceless. I'm absolutely certain I'm going to be more proficient in my business and much more caring and more considerate about people and less gambling. This guy is a gambler and I'm much more conservative in my investment. And what's that worth? I said, he says, that's, he said, that's at least another 50. I said, I think we're up to the 750 million. He mm -hmm. goes, I think we have. I said, what's another benefit? And then all of a sudden he got tears in his eyes. And all of a sudden he, he just went, whoa, whoa. I said, what is it? The whole room was waiting. He said, if this guy did not take all my money, I'd be in prison. Oh, wow. Probably the rest of my life. But him taking my money, nobody's upset with me. They're not looking at me. I have all the knowledge. I have all the trust of the clients. I'm the one that's caring to try to figure out how to get back on my feet. He said, what you just gave me by that question is gold, buddy. Mm. I said, how much is that worth? He says, it's my life. I got my life out of this thing. I got out of a marriage I wasn't wanting to be in that I didn't have the courage to walk away from. I got a relationship that loves me now. I got a 
pile of people that want to do business with me that we can build again and do it correctly and do it above board. I got my health. Man, I, this is a gift. I never would have seen it if you didn't ask me those questions. I've been running the God blessed story about how I've been a victim of this. But no, I didn't get a victim. I've been set free. And this guy gave me the company. I'm going to take it and rebuild it. And I'm going to do it with absolute integrity. I'm going to make sure we got our on our team people that are scrutinizing it and making sure it's done. So we build a quality team and do this quality service for people. He says, right now I'm feeling invigorated. I can't believe that I walked in here and 48 minutes later, I'm actually in tears of gratitude. I said, it has nothing to do with whatever happens to you. It's your choice of perception. So you can sit there and wallow in your game and run your blessed story about how this did that and false attribution biases and blame, all that stuff. A pick to this, the Greek philosopher said, when you're first on your journey, you blame other people. And then you go a little further and then you blame yourself. And finally, you go long, longer on your journey and you realize there's nothing to blame. Mm. There's nothing there to blame. That's powerful. You chose not to see the upsides. That's powerful. I mean, I love that you, you brought the gratitude side of things in. Uh, and I know that you've talked about this before, but how important do you think gratitude is for a mindset that can turn 2023 into someone's best year yet? If you're passing up the opportunity to stop every single day and ask what worked and what didn't work mm. and be grateful for what happened today, you're passing up one of the greatest tools of self-governance. I keep a record of everything I'm grateful for every single day. If you don't mind, I'd like to show you something. I don't know if sure. I, am I allowed, can I share on here? I don't I, know. I, I, don't, I don't think you can on, um, on Riverside, unfortunately, because we're not on Zoom. Um, or you might be able to. There's a share bottom at the bottom. I've never okay, used it before. <laughs> um, but but yeah, talk me. I've never used it on this. <laughs> I've never used it before. Yeah, I'm not sure. But anyway, yeah. on um, every single day of my life, for decades, decades, I document what I had the opportunity to do. So every radio show, every newspaper I get to write for, every magazine I get to write an article for, every podcast, every presentation. I had three mm -hmm. talks today. One was in India and uh, one was in America. One was in Australia or South Africa, pardon me. And every day I document what I had the opportunity to do, the people I got to meet, the places I got to go, the things I got to do, the opportunities to touch people's lives. Mm -hmm. And I do that every single day. And that may take me 10 minutes. It may take me 30, 40 minutes. But I document every single thing that happened that day that I'm grateful for. And if you go to bed with that, uh, you'll wake up with some gratitude because you're going to bed with a clear consciousness. And you're thinking, wow, what a great year I had today. And I'm a firm believer if you do that and you document it, you, you go back and read that, you'll bring tears to your eyes of all the blessings that are happening in your life. And when you count your blessings, you get more blessings to count. You get more opportunities to, to happen. 
I got a, a, a contact today, an email today, this morning, to be in a movie with Johnny Depp. <laughs> I thought, wow, that's a great experience. I got to meet with the Secretary uh, of the United States, Secretary, what do you call it, Deputy Secretary or something. I have to look at exactly <laughs> what the title is. And have a conversation with him who gave us insights on the Ukrainian war and the Middle East. And he came just to go and speak. I got to have a nice conversation with him today. I got to walk around Oman and just go seeing the culture in Oman today, which I thought was amazing. I got to do three or four podcasts and three seminars today and edit on a new book on neurology and also send off an article to Jet Set Magazine today. So, and I get the opportunity to be on your show. I mean, these are all blessings. And, and I know that whoever's out there, at least somebody out there is going to get something out of it. Mm. And I know that every time you do that and you touch somebody else's life, that's the most significant thing a human being gets to do in day, to be able to make a difference in somebody else's life. And they can say thank you and pass the torch of gratitude. So what we're, what we're doing, as far as I'm concerned, the questions you're asking and what we're getting to talk about, I can't imagine somebody not getting some value out of that. Absolutely. So, the opportunity to do that on a daily basis is worth writing that down and document your gratitude. So I'm a, I've been doing it since I was born on Thanksgiving Day in America. And I was told at four to start documenting it. So we're talking about a long time, man. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I've got 33 volumes, 10,000 pages of gratitudes. I love that. I love that. I think gratitude for me is a non-negotiable. It's something that I practice every day. Um, and I'm grateful that, you know, someone who I considered, um, you know, a huge influence in my life is how the, how the universe is working. And now we're, we're having a conversation. And um, I know I'll be writing about that this evening and how grateful I am that we're having this conversation. But also just to bring up a point of you talked about blessings brings more blessings is do you think, you know, when we start to cultivate gratitude into our life and we begin to, you know, the particular activating system, the brain seems to filter out realities for us to begin to bring more things into our life that we can feel grateful for. But do you think there's an, an energy component to that? You know, with the universe, or is there something else happening? Because yes. it seems so, it seems so crazy sometimes what we get to notice and bring. So, what what do you think? What when you said yes? What yes? What comes up? Well, anytime you're living by your highest value, you wake in your executive center, and your executive center is also called the gratitude center. It's also called the authentic okay. center of self. It's the medial prefrontal cortex. Scientific American did a fantastic article on it just three months ago. And anytime you're doing something and you become more objective, you're more neutral. Objectivity means neutral, non-biased, non-partial. Mm. In that state, you have a higher probability of seeing both sides of an event. And you're less polarized and impulsive or instinctual or seeking or avoiding by manic or depressive states. You're more stable. The executive center stabilizes the amygdala. So it moderates the extreme polarities of emotion that most people are trapped in. As Warren Buffett says, until you can manage your emotions, don't expect to manage money. And Robert Greene basically says, until you can manage emotions, don't expect to manage your leadership mm -hmm. life. So I'm a firm believer that if you 
are living by priority and you document what you're grateful for, uh, you automatically train your brain to see both sides of life. Because you're now asking, what are the upsides to what you think are down? And what mm. are the downsides of what you think you're down? And bringing them into balance. So you train your mind not to be fooled by one-sided perceptions. You know, when you meet somebody, you can be infatuated with them and fooled and unconscious of their downsides and then broadside within six weeks and go, woo, I thought you were this. And I found out, oop, you're not what I thought. And almost everybody that's dated knows this can happen. You can wake up all of a sudden and go, who is this? And the same thing when you meet somebody you resent. You can think, well, they're terrible, mean, something, and label them. But if you get to know them and really get to know them, you'll find out that they're just a lovely human being. Mm. And so why wait with the wisdom of the – why have the wisdom of the ages with the aging process when you can have the wisdom of the ages without it by just asking questions that balance the mind and see both sides of human beings and both sides of objectives and goals? The difference between a fantasy and a true objective is a fantasy's got one side and an objective's got both sides. And you're prepared for both sides. You've mitigated the risk. You've calmed down the fantasy. And you're now pursuing something that you're prepared for both sides of. Mm. The pain and pleasure, either way, you win. And to me, anybody that does that has got way more advantage and resilience and capabilities of achieving more. So I'm not interested in a one-sided monopole pursuit in a world that doesn't have a monopole. I'm interested in embracing both sides of life and training my mind to see the upsides to what I think is down and the downsides to what I think I'm up and bring myself in it. If you can't govern yourself with your physiology and psychology, you're going to end up being having to be governed by your sociology and politics and religion because the world on the outside with its possible moralistic hypocrisies is going to basically try to get you to be a certain way. Mm. I'm interested in seeing the objective truth about life and being more objective and, and balanced in my perspective. And then I don't have reactions to the outside world because I don't buy into the idea of a one-sided, this is terrible or this is terrific. I don't see life that way. Mm. And therefore, I don't get distracted by those things because that's what distracts you. Anything that you're conscious of the upside and unconscious of the downside of or anything you're conscious of the downside and unconscious of the upside is going to distract your mind and keep you from being present. So I'm, I'm interested in seeing both sides being objective and being grateful for that instead of holding on to a fantasy life's supposed to be one-sided and then angry when it's not. Yeah, I love, do you know, that reminds me of, I think, uh, Michael A. Singer's book, uh, The Untethered Soul. Have you read it at all? Mm -mm. Oh, it's a beautiful book. And it just reminds me of, there's a, there was a, a phrase in there talking about the ego and the ego uh, demanding that reality be a certain way. And if it isn't, then it gets very upset. So we try to control reality to match what our ego says. And obviously, um, it begins to fall down. And what I like about what you're saying is that objectivity is helping the ego evolve helping it transcend this one-sided point of view where we're demanding things be a certain way. Um, yeah. yeah, I love well, what you the, the, the Freud called it the id. Mm. Freud called it the id, which was the impulsive, instinctual, um, ungoverned animal nature to avoid pain and seek pleasure, avoid predator and seek prey, avoid nightmares and seek fantasies. And most people are... are trapped in immediate gratifying fantasies, 
you know, they want to, they think if I buy this consumable item, I'm going to be feeling better. Mm. And they go retail therapy instead of actually buying an asset that actually gives them financial independence over time. They buy depreciables and consumables that go down in value and they don't realize it's just working against them financially. So they let their amygdala and impulsive sales processes around them make them buy things instead of having strategic plans and buying only the things that are really pertinent and, and that are helping you fulfill a mission in life. I'd much rather be a man on a mission than I would be a, a guy trapped in a passion. And that's the importance of finding out your values, as we mentioned right at the beginning, yeah. and someone can find their values. I'm going to put the link to the to the, your, your values page on your website, uh, Dr. Demartini, so that people can get an idea of just Thank 30 you. minutes of their time could set up 2023 to be their best year yet. And, I, and just to recap just a couple of things, but just knowing that pain can, to, can point to, um, you know, a way of, of to, to freedom, to being uh, aligning with something which needs our attention. I, I really like that with a grateful mindset and changing perception. Those sound like really good ways to begin to master I, your I mindset. Had a gentleman, yeah. I had a gentleman that came here on the ship the other day as a guest speaker. And he was the one, one of the 13 cave diving underwater divers that saved the Thai soccer team's lives ah, okay. that were trapped in the caves and were going to die. So he went through the entire scenario. I must have cried 30 times in his performance, his presentation. It was a tearjerker. And he said, I was not going to let those children down. And it was interesting. The average age matched the age when he ended up having a gun in his hand and he shot his best friend. I, I say that. I explain he that. He thought the gun was empty, but ah, the okay. gun wasn't. Ah. So he ended up at that age, his best friend he shot. Now, he didn't get in trouble because it was an accident. Okay. He was a young boy and didn't realize that the gun was not loaded. He thought it was not loaded, but it was loaded. And it ended up shooting his best friend. It went off. The gun went off. So from the age 11 to 50, he's been punishing himself for that. So... When this whole thing in Thai caves came along and he saw that they were not making progress, they found the kids, but they couldn't get them out. There was no way to get them out. His wife, on the eighth year anniversary of them being together, bought him a ticket, gave up her anniversary and said, go save those kids' lives. Because she knew that if he could do that, he could change his own perception and guilt that he'd been mm. carrying around all these years. That's powerful. So the very pain that he had, that he'd been carrying around since a young boy, turned out to be the greatest thing that made him a worldwide hero, honored by all kinds of people around the world. 
So sometimes we don't know where our so-called pains are serving us at first because mm -hmm. we don't ask the questions. And we have the wisdom of the ages with the aging process to the wisdom of the ages without it. But he took the 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 chance and it was impossible. I mean, this the odds were a hundred thousand to one of rescuing these kids. They had to anesthetize them. They had to put them underwater without be breathing with an oxygen mask. Mm. I mean, it was the most amazing thing in order to get those kids out. They were 1,400 feet. They were 1.4 kilometers underwater in the, into these caves. The Navy SEALs gave up. The governments gave up. But not this man. Incredible. It is an incredible story. These guys went all the way. Yeah. And saved all 12 of those kids. So pain, most people think, I want to avoid pain. But sometimes pain is the very gift you get in life. If you go out and work out and you go and play major football or major soccer or major sport, if you're not willing to endure pain, you're not going to be a superstar. Mm -hmm. Is this strange? What, what do you think? Why do you, you think want to do something extraordinary? I was going to ask you, yeah, what I was going to ask you about why do you think we have obviously maybe an evolutionary thing, but why do we have such a, a, a negative perception in general of pain? Because you know, pain gave me a career, it gave me the opportunity to speak to yourself, it's given me so much, it was an awakening for me. So I have a, a healthy perception of pain, but so many people don't. They see it as something to keep avoiding, as you say. Where do you think that comes from? Our amygdala is automatically set up to avoid predator and seek prey. Mm. It is automatically set up for subjective bias because it has to create an acceleration of adrenaline to run fast enough to catch or capture the prey or to avoid the predator. So it subjectively biases its reality and causes to accentuate pleasure and pain as a survival strategy. So people that aren't living by something that's deeply meaningful, aren't living by their highest values, aren't bringing their blood glucose and oxygen into the forebrain, are going to be trapped in their amygdala, which is the one that's got the emotions. They call it systems one and systems two thinking. The, the mm -hmm. amygdala systems one thinking. The executive system, executive, the the ex, uh, thinking two system is the executive center. Mm. So if you aren't prioritizing your life, you're more vulnerable to the idea of I want to be avoiding pain and I want to seek pleasure, and you'll be more addictive. That's why the dopamine centers are the addiction centers and the immediate gratification and the impulse centers. That's why they feed off that. When they're selling you stuff and making you impulse buy, and people don't realize that they're vulnerable to that. And very few people are trained on how to transcend their amygdala. Mm. They don't know how to do it. And so it runs their life. And every time they store a memory in their subconscious mind of a pain without a pleasure or a pleasure without a pain, their brain believes that one can be without the other. But the executive center knows you can't get one without the other. If you take a magnet and try to get a one-sided magnet, a pole, positive pole without a negative pole, you can't do it. So our rational mind knows that. But our, our emotional mind makes you think, oh, I'm going to get avoid this pain and I'm going to get this pleasure. But 
yeah, you take heroin, you're going to get pleasure, but you're going to have a pain. You go out and do drugs, you're going to get a pleasure, but no, you're going to have a pain. You don't get pleasure without pain. So eventually you find out by hindsight or you learn by foresight. Mm. The executive center is foresight that knows both sides are there. And it makes you stop and edit your actions, govern your behavior, and not allow you to be misled by the illusions of pain and pleasure. And this is what Anaxagoras said, mm. and many others throughout history have said. That's powerful. And again, I hope people are listening to this are really rethinking how they can begin their 2023. Um, what would you say would be one last tip before we... I'd love to talk to you all evening, um, but what would you say would be one last, you know, essential, non-negotiable that someone should do to make themselves, you know, live a happier, healthier uh, life for 2023? Don't live in a fantasy about your service. If you don't have a demand for your service, you're not meeting people's needs. Mm. Make sure what you're committed to doing in a service is truly meeting people's needs where there's a demand for your service and you'll be prosperous. Otherwise, you'll bang your head against the wall and wondering why people are so stupid and why you're projecting your values thinking that you know what's best for people. Don't waste your time on that. Mm. Find out what people really need and do what you can to serve those needs. If you create a sustainable, fair exchange, we are not narcissistically projecting onto them and making them supposed to live in your values or altruistically sacrificing them and trying to, you know, give up your own values for them. If you're narcissistic, you'll try to get something for nothing and people don't want to do business with. If you're altruistic, you'll try to do it for nothing and you're going to be out of business. But if you have sustainable fair exchange and you have equanimity within yourself and authenticity within yourself and equity between yourself and others, and you truly love and care about another human being, to truly meet what they value most and need most, hmm. you're going to prosper. You're going to have f funds coming in and you're not going to be as much with the anxieties a lot of people live their life by. I think that is great advice. It's, it's advice I live by. It's advice that I, is one of my biggest values is to be in, of service. Hence why I do the show, why I do the level of coaching I do, as well as I love the sharing of knowledge. Uh, Dr. Martini, this has been absolutely incredible. Thank you so much. Um, how can people find you? Uh, where can people, you know, find out more about your courses? <coughs> if they want to find out about me, all they have to go to is drdmartini.com. Brilliant. Just drdmartini.com. And then if they just want to take 30 minutes of their time, do the value determination. I've had a lot of people do that, and I, I know a lot of people benefit from that. And uh, I'm certain it will be a value to them. Yeah, just just everybody take that that take that little moment and take the time to do that. It's worth the time. And prioritize your life. I asked Mary Kay from Mary Kay Cosmetics many years ago when I spoke to 4,500 women at her Dallas Anatole conference. I said, "What young? What advice can you give a young man who aspires to travel the world and to teach?" And she said, every single day, write down the highest priority actions you can do today that can help you fulfill your mission on earth. And put that and write that down 
and go live them. And don't write things that take days and days to do. Write down only the action step that can be done that day. So I pulled out these three by five index cards and every morning I would close my eyes. I would think about what I was grateful for. And I'd write, what is the highest priority actions I can do today to bring the most service to the world? And I wrote them down and I kept them. And after doing that for a period of time, I pulled them all out and I looked at what was the priority of all the priorities? What was the most common answers that kept showing up? And it gave me teach, research, write, travel. So then I delegated everything else off my plate and got onto doing the most important things. I'm really convinced if you take the time to fill your day with really important, very inspiring, meaningful, productive things, your life changes. I agree. And people don't get that. Their health goes up, their relationships go up, their business goes up, their wealth goes up, their social influence goes up, their inspired goes up. I mean, it just helps. Their vitality goes up. So living by priority is a very, very important thing to do for people who really want to master their life. Absolutely agree. Um, I'm going to put all your details in the show notes. I'll put it all in the show notes. Um, I want to say thank you so much. And uh, again, enjoy your time in Oman. And uh, thank you very much for coming on to the show. So I have some exciting plans for 2023. If you are interested in joining me for some group coaching testers, please contact me via the show notes and I will send you details when they are ready. You can also reach out to me if you prefer one-to-one coaching help with any of the subjects I cover in the show. Thank you so much for spending your time and energy with me. Stay awake, stay aware, give yourself some loving and have an incredible day.